this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Four idiots talk about video games. Welcome to another episode of the Hidden Doors and High Scores podcast, a podcast where four dudes talk about games. I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. And today we are talking about Risk of Rain 2. Risk of Rain 2 is, what is what is this game? It's a roguelike third person shooter where you control a, a variety of classes of survivors stranded on an alien planet trying to find some other ship that crashed or something. The story is really unclear. There's like the very opening cinematic that explains very little. And then from what I could tell, no other story elements to the entire game. (laughs) Yeah. And you just fight a bunch of monsters and get power-ups. And the game has like a time-based difficulty curve. So like the longer you take, the more difficult it gets. And Honestly, the like names of the higher difficulties are some of my favorite parts of the game because they just get progressively more and more meme-y. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the coolest part of this game. It's the most innovative idea, and I think it's a great concept for a roguelite, is that idea of, hey, you can take as long as you want in these levels, and you can go try and find every upgrade, but the longer you take, the harder everything in the game gets uh also i love like all the naming stuff you were mentioning like the the difficulty levels chris i love that uh, at the beginning when you pick your difficulty it's drizzle downpour and monsoon the planet that you're on is called petrichor 5 petrichor is the is the term for the smell that's in the air after it rains yeah it's like all the bacteria decomposing or something like that <laughs> that's great yeah, yeah. yeah. this game is very tongue-in-cheek which is, which makes sense for a franchise that was started by like two college dudes on kickstarter that's how risk of rain one was made yeah so risk of rain one was a is a 2d action platformer and so this takes it in a whole new realm because this is like 3d fully you know open environments that you're running around and fighting enemies in. it's kind of a big step up to do for a sequel which is cool i'll also say about the difficulty unlike other roguelikes it does not get you better with each victory there is no like overarching build-up system or tree it's you get new move sets for your uh, characters or you unlock more characters but the the diff- different move sets you get aren't necessarily better than one another it's just different options to get those upgrades like you have to do like specific missions and they are not things that you accidentally find yourself falling into like they're really pr- particular and you have to seek them out to be able to do them yeah so we should explain kind of beginning of each run that you pick your character and they all have very different weapons, very different special moves. During a run, you just pick up items that do something for your character generally. So you'll pick up an item that says, every time you hit, there's a chance that it'll spawn a sticky grenade near the enemy. But there's never something that's like, 
your special move now pierces enemies. Like it's it's never that specific, the upgrades you get. They're very sort of general and multi-purpose and applicable to everybody. You could seek out things that are good for your class, but also you're not necessarily going to find them, so you probably shouldn't spend that much time. Yeah, I mean, the biggest issue is that you don't know what every item is. They don't tell you. When you go to pick an item up, it doesn't tell you what said item does. You just says it says the name of the item, and then you pick it up, and then you get to know what it, the item is. So yeah, there's a couple ways to get items. You can get them out of a chest, which is completely random, and you just you get whatever the item is. Some of the time, you can go to uh, an option of three different items and choose which one you want. The problem is they don't tell you what any of these items do. So you might as well have just gotten it out of a chest unless you've played the game multiple times and already know what every single item looks like and does. This game demands a lot of persistence and dedication to learning all of its intricacies to actually figure it out. It is not newbie friendly at all, right? Like one of the characters you unlock and it tells you how to unlock it. It says, sacrifice yourself at the obelisk. But unless you know what that means, I still don't know what that means. I've played many runs of this game. Haven't found an obelisk that I know of. Uh, yep. So still don't have that character. Not exactly sure what to do. Now, obviously, you can look this stuff up on the internet and figure it out and figure out yep. sort of how to walk through it. But in terms of just like trying to pick up this game and, and figure out what you should do and how to really progress is, you know, it tells you, but that's not the same as really understanding how to effectively do it. No. I guess let's talk, I think we've talked enough about difficulty, you know, talk about like different weapons and like upgrades that you get in the game. I mean, so there's different kind of classes. There's range classes and melee classes. And a lot of the uh, items that you get increases your survivability for of each of those classes. But all the items that you get in this game are just kind of random. And so a lot of times you just get an amazing build and everything works out for you. It's like you're the loader. Your abilities are all punching enemies at close range. And if you get a bunch of things that say like you do extra damage when you're close or like you regain health when you're close to enemies, then you're going to rock the game and you're going to smash through everything. And if you get a bunch of stuff that says like, you get extra damage on critical hits when you headshot somebody and you're the loader. You're like, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, this game. game, this game has so much variability just so much like luck based gameplay, honestly, based on that kind of stuff that like, I've never played anything before where I've been so frustrated with like, just not getting anything good and not being able to progress in the game because, because of just luck. Right? There's, and there's like, if you get screwed, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I don't care how good you are. You just, you get to a point where you're just not doing any damage. Yeah, skill is not as important in this game. Like, you know, it's kind of important. You got to be able to dodge at the right times and use your abilities at the right times. But because there's just such a level-based system and the enemies just keep getting harder and harder, if you're not getting the right items to make your character better you just it doesn't matter if you're headshotting the boss if he's 20 levels higher than you and you don't have anything to help you're just you're not doing any damage well this kind of leads into one of the most frustrating things about this game so 
Returnal, when you walk up to an item, you can see what the item does before you pick it up. Problem with this game is you can't. So when you open a chest, you don't immediately pick up the item. The item is sitting there. So if you could see what it does, you could say, hey, this item isn't good for me, but we're playing multiplayer. I'm going to tell my friend, come pick this up and I'll get one of his items later on, which would make this game amazing as a four player game. But because it doesn't have that, it's dog shit. I, I am so angry about that simple fix. It would make this game so much better. But right now, the way it is, you have to have like a master's degree in this game before you can fully play it to its potential. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. I, and I mean, there's like somewhere around 100 different items in this game. And I have probably 10 of them down. But there's so many items that just look like a gray cube. Blob. I had one of those like things that with the three items in the pod that you can like choose from <laughs> and they literally all looked like the same thing. <laughs> they were all yeah. like a necklace shape and they have no idea what any of them do and they all look exactly the same. There are these things called like recyclers where you could get an item and get rid of one of your bad items for it. But it's completely random which item it takes. And also, it doesn't tell you what the item you're getting is. So you have to know what that <laughs> item is. Does anybody have any thoughts on like level design generally? I thoroughly enjoy the level design. I, I enjoy them. Every level feels different. But I'm saying like if you get the same biome, for the most part, are all designed the same. Now, your starting point does vary. I'll say I enjoy some of them. Most of them that we've played seem great. Good exploring, good platforming, like nice and open whatever the last level we just played that we all died on where garrett was trying to fight that magma worm thing and you had to like stand up on this <laughs> tiny little plateau was garbage that's a horrible design it's not even about the the location of the teleporter because whatever that's random if if you're gonna have a boss fight in which the boss can just do massive massive knockback and a lot of your characters have no ability to counteract that in terms of like mobility abilities or options or whatever. You shouldn't have a level that you can fall off of so easily. That's just bad design. And that's that's what happened to us. I, I fell off that level four or five times. Now, falling off the level doesn't necessarily kill you, but it is really annoying because you have to then re-traverse the level to get back into the area that you need to be in. And I don't know, I, I got really frustrated with that talk about the uh, the new the expansion the reason that we're actually reviewing this is that they just came out risk range just came out with a brand new expansion called survivors of the void they added these new little areas they're these like bubbles of void energy and if you go in them they constantly drain your health but and they keep spawning these like extra strong monsters but if you kill all the extra strong monsters the bubble pops and you can go inside and there's a bunch of cool items inside 14 to be exact new items in the okay yeah 14 new items i got to play the rail gunner a little bit i have not played the void fiend those are the two new characters the uh the rail gunner i will say is a very very fun survivor to play he's got a short range heat seeking machine gun and then has a basically a sniper rifle as an alternate fire that is uh, very satisfying and then uh his sort of super move is he does like a super railgun shot that does like 30 times the damage of a sniper yeah. and uh, shoots through enemies. And uh, it's it's basically Sojourn. 
Nice. <laughs> nice. Anyway, I, I liked the new Survivor. I liked the Void Bubbles. I thought they were a cool addition. Well, they, this is my first time playing Risk Rain too, so I, I only know the game with those, but I think they're a cool element to it. So, the yeah, they're cool. So the Void items that they added, they added 14 items. The way they work is they interact with original game's item, and what they do is they corrupt them. So they are really good but then you you like lose the ability to use your other ones but they're usually worth it the times that i've gotten most of the void items they've been really good and they haven't really affected my gameplay with the with the main like my, my main build i haven't noticed any at least yet yeah one of the cool ones they added is upon death the item will be consumed and you will return to life with three seconds of invulnerability and that's really cool Let's talk a little bit about how long it takes to do a run and like what that feels like playing co-op. Yeah, it's like an hour, 10 hour and 30 minutes for a full run. Depending on how, how long you're taking, it could take two hours, depending if you're really trying to look everywhere. Here's the thing. For playing with with four people, I think that's fine because I don't know about you guys, but for me, playing games with people always makes time pass faster. But that is way too long for a solo roguelike run. The only reason I don't have a complaint about the length of time it takes is because I've only done one run by myself and every other time I've played this game has been with four people and that's an enjoyable thing to me and I don't care how long it takes if we're doing it with four mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, I would. it would really bother me if I was playing, trying to play this game more solo that the runs take that long and there's no save feature. You got to do a run all at once or not at all. There's no pausing. This game does not pause. Also, I had a really bad time playing single player because you had a really I accidentally I, I played on Monsoon, which is the hardest difficulty oh, for a God. while. <laughs> and I'm like, this game is brutally hard. This is just for like pro gamers. This is a really hard game. And I was like, oh, oh OK, it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, but I still wouldn't recommend it for a solo game. Also, there's just no story. So what are you doing? Just like exactly. Well, you're playing for the challenges, right? You're like, I'm going to do a run and I'm going to try and get the million damage sniper shot. I'm going to try and find yeah. all the items to get that done. Like it's right. Yeah. It's it's kind of an achievement hunter game. Yeah, it's for the 100 percent as, as a single player. Like each character has multiple things that multiple difficult challenges to accomplish. that give you rewards for doing them. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's the draw of the single player. Also, yeah. if if I had the time and a few of my friends had the time to play this game for 10 hours on our own and get really good at it, then play together, together, I think this game would be a really fun game if just everyone has expert knowledge of it. But the problem is you have to invest 10 hours before you get there. I think I beat the game for the first time eight or nine hours into playing it. It's not a particularly long game if you're just trying to beat it, but yeah. beating the game really isn't the point. This game is about trying to unlock all the characters and trying to yeah. do all the challenges. Yeah, and there's more yeah. challenges than just character challenges. Like, there are artifacts you can unlock. There's modifiers you can unlock. Like, there is a ton of stuff that you can unlock besides just character abilities. You want to talk about the music, Chris? I would love to. The Risk of Rain 2 soundtrack was composed by a guy named Chris Christodoulou. He's Greek. I'm glad that we had you, Chris, talk about Chris Christodoulou. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I looked that up and I was like, there's no way. He also did the first Risk of Rain as well as Deadbolt, which is the only other game that Hopu Games has developed. Those are the only games I could find any work of his on. The soundtrack is kind of all over the place in terms of genre, but it sort of works. It's like there's some prog kind of stuff. There's electronica. There's like, you know, acoustic guitar sections. There's some like heavy rock and roll kind of stuff. There's 8-bit chiptune kind of sounds. And it's all got this like lo-fi saturation on it, which I think kind of fits really well with the art design because the art design is sort of lo-fi in a sense. Yeah, it's like 3D and there's these big expansive worlds and stuff, but they're not like heavily textured. I think that like aesthetically the music, that fits the music really well. The The main theme fits really well on the like lo-fi beats to chill slash study to playlist, like hip hop kind of groove, with some electronica and stuff. All of the tracks for the, like the boss fights tend to be like the rock kind of heavy electronic kind of stuff there's some guitar solos and a lot of distortion um that tend to be pretty pretty driving to get the tension up for the boss fights but all of the maps have their own themes and those are all over the place like some of them are really fast some of them are really slow some of them are quiet some of them are loud kind of changes the experience of the game depending on which one like which level you get which i thought was really cool This is the thing I wanted to talk about earlier, which might be my favorite thing about the soundtrack. So earlier I was talking about how all the names of the like things in this game have to do with like water or whatever. So Risk of Rain 2, dude was just taking the piss. The names on the soundtrack are freaking bananas. My favorites are A Glacier Eventually Farts. That's a good one. Uh... You're gonna need a bigger ukulele, which is awesome because I just got the ukulele item for the first time in this game, which, <laughs> which is cool. And my favorite one, the rain formerly known as purple. Oh, uh, so like, I it's it was just really funny to me when I was looking this up that like all of the ones in the in the first game were like really serious and he's like it's talking about like alluvial fans and stuff like that, and the second game they're just. They they were just like, well, I guess we made money. Now we're just going to be ridiculous. Overall, the soundtrack is great. It's just really listenable. Each individual track is really good on its own. Like, this is the kind of things that I would, like, seek out to put on playlists that I was listening to doing other things and not just, like, as part of a score or a soundtrack, you know? Which I think is a testament to how well composed they are. Ready for final thoughts? Yep. Yeah, yeah. There aren't a lot of co-op roguelike experiences. If you've got three friends and you're looking for a roguelike and you're achievement hunters and you don't mind having a second screen up with uh, pictures of all the items and what they do next to you um, or kind of going through a guide for your first few runs to try and maybe unlock some of those cool artifacts and you know unlock some of the new characters pretty quickly maybe this is a game for you i found this game very frustrating to play it was just too big of a barrier for me to really enjoy the runs and i don't think the combat is good enough to hold up the flaws i think with a few 
pretty easy changes. They could make this game a lot more accessible and a lot easier without ruining any of the sort of the mystery and the magic of of going through a run. But at the end of the day, the runs feel pretty random. It feels very hard to figure out what is or isn't going to be good for your characters. It's 25 bucks in the Steam store, and I think it's the same on Epic. I can't recommend this game for more than $5. It's got some interesting ideas, and it'll keep you entertained for a little bit. But overall, there's a million better roguelites that I'd rather play, uh, including with friends like Enter the Gungeon, Wizard of Legend. I I can't really recommend this game. That's That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everything Austin said. Without a bunch of just UI fixes, which are simple fixes that I think would make this game very playable, and I really want it to be good because I think a four-player co-op roguelike would be really fun. And it, the the initial reason I got into this was, oh, you have to do weird challenges to be able to unlock different skills and to unlock characters. I thought that was a really creative idea to do in a roguelike, but it's just not done well. There's just so many better roguelikes out there. Uh, Austin named a few. If you're going to play solo, Returnal, Hades, they're just, they're so, so much better. I, I'm, I'm with him. I wouldn't pay more than $5 for it unless you had a group of friends that could invest like 20 hours into this and then start to play it and have fun. I don't know. I guess I'm in a different opinion. I would I recommend it because it's fun with players with people. I I won't say twenty five dollars is worth it. I would go with a higher cusp of price point than than the than Austin and Gary did. I would say I would pay fifteen bucks for this. They hundred percent should have invested a little more detail in explaining things. Like I just looked up like how to get the artifacts, and there was no way you are ever going to figure out each artifact. They, you would never be able to figure it out unless you looked up a, a guide. But I would recommend it if you have a group of people and it's only 15 bucks. I'm, uh, I'm kind of splitting the difference here between you guys. I am with John in the sense of, I think I can totally recommend this if you've got a group of people to play with. Because playing with four people, I am enjoying this game. Even like having never really played it and trying to catch up and there's sort of a huge learning curve i'm still enjoying myself during the run i'm still having fun playing it and that's mostly what i'm looking for in a co-op game and even though earlier i said i sort of criticized it for not having a story in a co-op thing like that i don't necessarily need a story my problem with this game is the way i learn how to play games is by playing them by myself when i can take time to learn the mechanics and learn the core game gameplay loop and the only way that engages me is if there's more of a story and that might just be a personal thing but it seemed to me like there could have been more of a tutorial of some kind or even just like something to keep you engaged and teach and learn you the ropes before you started going into like hardcore runs with a group of people there are a lot better roguelikes out there hades is one of my favorite games of all time it's <laughs> infinitely better than this is because of the actual gameplay because of the abilities and how you get them and how you pick them because of the story of hades is the most engaging thing about it this game doesn't engage me like that and so it's hard like i can't recommend it for that but if you've got a group of people i do really enjoy it i got this game on sale 
So I didn't pay full price for it. I think I paid $15 for it, which was what John said he would pay. And I think I agree with that. Uh, very briefly, Survivors of the Void is 15 bucks as an expansion. Uh, although I do think the Railgunner is really cool. And I think the Void Bubbles are an interesting add-on with some cool new items. I don't think it's nearly enough content to justify a $15 price tag. Wait, wait, wait. It's $15 for the expansion on top? Yeah. That's outrageous. Oh, for how little God. for how little content is in the expansion. <laughs> that is an outrageous price. That's so frustrating. I'm so right glad now. those are such <laughs> genuine reactions of like horror at how much that costs. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Next time, we are going to be talking about GTFO. And also, we have a fun little event coming up. The four of us are going to be live streaming a speed run of Super Mario Sunshine on June 5th, starting at 10 a.m. We have some uh, seasoned pros and some total newbies among us. So uh, come follow along, pop in the stream, pop in the Discord, and uh, say hi or, uh, hey, speed run along with us. It's, uh, it's going to be a good time. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm John. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for notifications about our episode releases. Come check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. All those links and a link to our Discord will be in the show notes for this episode. Come and join us on Discord. Send us questions, comments, concerns, whatever. Let us know what you thought about Risk of Rain 2 or the first one. And uh, make sure to hop in the Discord when we are playing Super Mario Sunshine, because that's going to be a lot of fun. We hang out on our Discord every night and play games, and we like it when people join in. Oh, and don't forget to dip all those fabs. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>